0: From the EPR Creations studio, this is Jason Staples, bringing you Unconquered with Doc Staples. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by EPR Creations, by Lewis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, by Shenandoah Real Estate in the Research Triangle of North Carolina, by Garage Makeovers, the number one garage remodeling company in South Florida, and by my newest advertising partner, Justin Galloway of Benchmark Mortgage. As always, information's in the show notes. Let them know you heard about them from the Unconquered podcast with Doc Staples. Well, this one's going to be a pretty short one, y'all, because that game went basically on script. It was almost identical to the game that we projected in advance. Uh, can't remember the score. Uh, I think I, I think I went uh, thirty eight to ten. Uh, so you know, in the same in the same range in terms of overall score just a little bit more scoring by both teams. But, uh, you know, my, my thoughts going in were that, uh, that Florida state should allow, you know, four or fewer yards per play defense did even better than that. Uh, 3.2 yards per play on the, on the day, only 210 yards in, uh, in this game allowed by the defense on 65 plays. That's, that's really dominant right there. Uh, and then thought they should be, you know, a good bit over seven yards per play on offense and 7.7 yards per play. I mean, that is an absolutely dominant outing. Uh, Yeah, they, they, this was not a competitive game. This game was out of reach by the, by the second quarter, really by the mid second quarter. It was, uh it was obvious which team was going to win this game and both teams knew it. Uh, And fact of the matter is just Wake Forest can't throw the football this year and they don't have uh, without the threat of a Sam Hartman, A.T. Perry, Donovan Green type passing attack. They just don't have the offensive line to dominate without that threat. You know, basically, uh, they they didn't actually even do a whole lot of slow mesh in this game. I I don't think they have a quarterback who's really comfortable reading it. I mean, it requires a dual. uh, Well triple read in some sense, but it's, it's more of a, a dual read system. And, uh, yeah, you've got to have a guy who's comfortable running that and, and has repped it some and and really makes those decisions quickly and naturally. And they, they really don't have that. Uh, they, they did have a few successful runs pop. I mean, most, most notably a 51 yarder by justice Ellison, which was, just under a quarter of the entire yardage given up by the defense there, uh, and that was close to close to being uh, to being shut down too. I mean, it was it was one where you know just got a guy out of a out of a gap, and Ellison was able to squeeze through a a tight seam there and uh, and make a play. But yeah, this was this was not competitive, and it was kind of what we what we expected in a lot of respects. Looking through the uh, the cumulatives here. You know, opening opening frame. It was actually more competitive in terms of the yards per play there, uh, because of of the 51 yard run, which was in that first quarter, toward the end of that first quarter. But once you got outside of that, so it's five five and a half yards per play in in each uh, by each in the first quarter. But Florida State was already up ten nothing by the end of that second quarter. FSU averaged 15 yards a play in the second quarter, and that was. Because of a couple big plays, obviously you had the the eighty yard Benson uh, screen pass there, and Wake Forest had eighteen plays for a total of four yards in the second quarter. That was utter dominance point two yards per plays, pretty good. Uh, first half nine point two yards per play for Florida State, two point four for for Wake Forest. FSU had four sacks in that in that first half, and then once they got to the third quarter. You know, this is this was that third quarter was in some ways a bit of a gift to the coaching staff because they're going to have a lot to pick on (laughs) in film session. Uh, Florida State got beaten that in that third quarter. Wake Forest scored nine, gave up zero Uh, yards per play. 4.9 Wake Forest to 4.4 from Florida State. Just a really uneven sort of uninspired effort in that third quarter where FSU just didn't take care of business. I mean, they they seemed to come out pretty unfocused. Four carries for 4 yards, 6 of 9, the biggest 6 of 9 passing. The biggest issue in that in that third quarter was Florida State four penalties for 55 yards which submarined a couple of drives and uh gave Wake Forest basically a huge boost on on the drive that they scored on the uh, that they scored a touchdown on. It's just a yeah, there there was a lot of undisciplined play in that third quarter that uh, that the coaching staff is not going to be real happy about, and um, and that's something they're going to be able to, to to ride on this week. This is this is like I said, a bit of a a, a boon to the to the coaching staff at that point. Uh, and then again, fourth quarter. By that point, a lot of backups on the field. FSU six point seven yards of play and only gave up one point three in the fourth quarter as they shut the door on the game. Just, yeah, pretty straightforward, pretty straightforward game. A few things that did stand out to me, despite the disparity, despite the the overall dominance, this was one where FSU did not run the football especially well in this game. And it's something that, you know, I I know the coaching staff will not be happy about how they ran it overall in this game. 4.2 yards per carry against that defense is not enough and yeah I mean that's they they were not able to to create the space in the running game that they really want to consistently you look at Benson 10 carries for 55 yards that's fine right I mean that's 55 yards 5.5 a carry okay Keziah Holmes 4 for 19 4.8 Rodney Hill 5 for 11 2.2 yards per carry this was just not a dominant rushing output. And they were in position where once they got up early, they were in position where you could see they wanted to impose their will in the running game. They wanted to, to try to establish themselves as a, as a, uh, as a run offense in that. And they just weren't able to do it. They were not able to consistently run the football in the ways that they wanted in this game. And that's something that they're going to continue to have to work through and to improve on as they get into that last portion of, of the schedule. I mean, they can beat Pittsburgh, and actually you're probably going to have to beat Pittsburgh with mostly the passing game because of how Pitt's going to sell out to to stop the run. But you're going to need to be able to run the football some to, to beat Miami. You're going to need to be able to run the football and and have some balance in the college football playoff if you get there and probably in the ACC title game. So. Running game is still a big work in progress. We did see Jordan Travis break out and run it a little bit more in this game. Seven carries for 29 yards in this game. A couple of them where, you know, I'm saying to myself as he's as he's uh, sort of dragging people, go down, just go down. Because, <laughs> you know, you want to see him actually do that. Uh, you don't want to see him take shots. But, you know, that's he's a competitor and you can see that he's starting to get healthier. It was good to see also uh, Tate Rodemaker come in and sling it just a little bit on the on the uh, glance route on the RPO. So obviously something that he oh wow just watching it Peyton Wilson just got an interception off a deflection and uh, NC State now up seventeen to seven on Clemson at State game just got a lot more difficult for Clemson in that offense that uh, doesn't score a lot of points already. So yeah, not wow. Clemson really just uh, just. Doesn't look like they're going to get it in gear this year, and uh, the the schedule is not going to get a whole lot easier for them, I don't think down the stretch. So, wow. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, looking at Rottermaker, he does seem you know really comfortable putting the ball in there on some of those uh, some of those glances and that kind of that kind of throw. You could see the comfort level with that. Overall, uh, pleased with with what he looked like coming in quickly. Uh, I do think you know there's a lot of reason for optimism with the uh with the backup offensive line just in terms of the bodies that you see out there in the athleticism so uh so that's another another positive I'd like to have seen them get in the game earlier but uh again a poor third quarter prevented that and that's if there's one real negative so far in the season it's that there's been multiple games now where FSU has not handled business quickly enough to be able to get the kind of uh you know platoon full platoon second platoon that that you want on the field as early as as they should have been but uh but yeah this was like i said a pretty dominant performance along the lines of what was expected if anything a little bit more dominant on defense than than anticipated uh despite giving up a little bit more in the running game than maybe i i thought they would but uh they just shut down wake forest's passing game pretty much entirely and uh and that was that they just once once Wake Forest was was that one dimensional and the, the running game was was limited at that. The the one dimension they had wasn't real strong, just a couple that, that popped and then everything else was was tackle for loss or, you know, not not a high success rate. Even at that, this was they just had no shot to win this game. And yeah, uh, not a whole lot more I'm going to spend on this. I I will probably go through a little bit of, of uh of film this week. Wasn't able to get the second half of the Duke game last week because of the um the family situation that I had to deal with. But uh we'll try to get some stuff done. I might look more closely at that third quarter where where some of those issues came in uh than anything else this week. But uh but yeah, until then, I I, I think this is this is just what Florida State needs to keep doing and they've got still a lot of room left to grow. This was, you know, maybe a B minus performance or a B performance from the team as a whole. Uh, one other thing I suppose you can uh, you can point to that I think does still need significant improvement is Jordan Travis missed as, as good as his game was statistically. 22 of 35, 359 yards, three touchdowns, you know, passer rating, college calculated passer rating of just an outstanding statistical game he missed some throws that if you're playing against a better defense and and a team that actually has an offense could hurt you uh the one that was nearly intercepted i'm not that wasn't really on him uh you you had the receiver that was keon coleman who who slipped and, and fell down on the on the route there he's got to do a better job of keeping his feet but that should have been picked again not really on on Travis there, but again, a a piece of the, of the passing game that needs to improve. And then there were several balls in this game where he just sailed it or floated it. You know, I'm thinking in particular of the, uh, the deep, I think it was to Williamson, the, the deep post route that just floated down, down the field. And you could see the difference by the way, when Rodemacher came in on how quick, how much he drove the football on that, on that glance route, you can see really the difference between that and how much Travis is floating the football right now, uh, and I think this will finally be the week where I put together a video explaining why, in terms of fundamentals, the ball is floating on Travis the way that it is, and the way that the reason that it's sailing and he's missing his targets some because it's a basic, basic fundamental issue that really really needs to be fixed it is something that can be addressed to some degree during the season that can be improved even in a couple days but uh but they have to actually actively go out of their way to do it it's all about getting extension through the throw and emphasizing that feeling of extension rather than pulling down on the football and he's pulling down hard on the football and that ultimately leads to a lot of problems in terms of of accuracy in terms of sailing and 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 floating the football not being able to drive it and uh you can see on some throws he doesn't do that as much. It's where it's on the throws where he's just cutting loose and he's not really thinking about it. He oftentimes is throwing a little faster and then has to really let it rip downfield. And then you'll see him get proper extension and everything. And those are usually his best throws. Uh, but when he's not doing that, you, you, you can see some of these issues that that'll come up and I'll go through some stuff uh, that I think given the situation this week, playing pit, uh, a very down pit team after this game, uh, that might be the most valuable thing I could, I can provide in terms of uh, some analysis. So I'm gonna have to figure out a way to, to, to record that and then, uh, and, and go from there. So until then, this has been unconquered with doc staples. I'm doc staples. Thanks for listening. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star rating over at Apple Podcasts and wherever else you listen to podcasts, post and repost episodes on social media, and tell a friend. And if you haven't left a review in a while, do it again. It really does help the visibility of the podcast. Before we go, I'd also like to thank my advertising partners once more. That's EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, Shenandoah Real Estate, in the Research Triangle of North Carolina, Garage Makeovers, the number one garage remodeling company in South Florida, and Justin Galloway of Benchmark Mortgage, serving Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, and Kentucky. You can also stop by the Unconquered shop at unconqueredpodcast.com, where you can buy stickers, pins, magnets, t shirts, and other swag. And thanks also to all those supporters over at Patreon, where I post video analysis and field questions for the podcast. I am especially grateful to those above the dynasty level. That is Andrew Garrett, Brian Leininger, Neil Cook, Casey Kidd, Chris Chartrand, Dave Blair, Hector Cartagena, Jack Horton, Jimmy Van, Jonathan Kennedy, Keith Cheney, Lee Caswell, Tyler Kashishke, Vince Calandra, and Bert Bertoldi. You all are far more generous than I deserve. I'm really grateful. Thanks to you all. This has been Unconquered with Doc Staples. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. I made this.